coming up on the Tuesday show. Star Trek gives me hope for the human race. Somebody wants a banana. I give them a banana. I know Star Trek isn't real. <laughs> it's not necessarily about profiteering. It's about improvement and it's about learning and it's about getting something out of life. Everyone is selfish in their own way. The problem yeah. is there are so many people that just don't, don't have anything to necessarily look forward to. CJ and Ted, philosophers <laughs> on the Tuesday show. Nip in, fill up, pay, go. Moral space battle of who's right. Just try and fix the cost of bananas across Northamptonshire. 40% of the cost of fuel is tax. I don't think I've ever filled up a Morrison's or an Asda. Ever. I don't know why. Welcome to the Tuesday Show with CJ and Ted. Previously on the Tuesday Show. I like the idea of moving to one global world currency, and if, if Bitcoin is the one, cool. I know it's kind of a utopian idea, but... Sounds more dystopian know. to me. Let's work together on it and make sure we are valuing everything the same across the board. So, you know, the price of a banana in the UK costs the same as the price of a banana in Spain. To organise 7 billion people, you will have to regulate and over-regulate. You will stifle creativity. You will mm -hmm. stifle business. And mm -hmm. your banana costs 50 quid. Nobody can yeah. afford it. A business trialling, paying everybody exactly the same wage. Irrespective of position, irrespective of job title, mm -hmm. irrespective of how much work they're actually doing, you know, is, is it, a, is it a, a system that would actually work in real life? And, and they discovered quite quickly that no, it's not. It, it would work if everybody had exactly the same ethics about everything. But then straight away you've removed individuality. The idea of trying to fix the price of bananas, that could be the beginnings of World War Three. Fast forward 50 years, Millions dead. Um, everything's destroyed. And no fucker's got a banana. I was just about to say, and then aliens come, and then uh, the world gets united anyway. So, uh, yeah. It's a Star Trek reference, by the way, for right, anyone who cares. Okay. It's all about... I mean, I don't know... I don't know, you know, canonically why there was a World War Three, but apparently there was a World War Three, which ended in... Um, 2053, I think. Um, and then aliens came 10 years later. And then the world got united as one. And then we all started exploring space and having epic adventures and having sex with green people, apparently. So, oh, okay. So, there you go. Still talking about Star and Trek. I love Star Trek. Star Trek's right, amazing. Okay. okay. Star Trek gives me hope for the human race. That there is somehow, possibly, the uh, this idea that we can all live in peace, irrespective of where we come from. Irres you know, there is no longer this economic drive for improvement. Everyone does it because they want to do it. Everyone, you know, wants to improve themselves and all life because they want to do it, because it's the right thing to do. Who I'm not saying it is the right thing to Who do. Who decides it's what just, the right thing to do is? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it is the right thing to do, but it's that... The problem is... You know, there the problem there, is, there people, is this plane people, of existence where we can live 
peacefully. Well, and we can live, you know, without this, this massive overhead of, you know, I need to make as much money as possible so I can live a good, comfortable life, you know. It's not about it's not about that. It's I I think money money's just tokens. It's it's about mm-hmm. having a fulfilling life. Uh, people want to have a fulfilling life and they may not necessarily realize but subconsciously they need to they need to be producing something or doing something that's worthwhile. And um money as tokens is just a way in which we 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 kind of facilitate that. So if somebody mm. starts a business, um, they start a business and working within the frameworks that we have in the world at large is that we use money to um to barter. So yeah, well, it's trade, isn't it? It is trade and we're we're doing something and we're you know, we're passing that on and somebody wants it and you, and, and this is it. it's it's a win win. Somebody wants mm-hmm. a banana, I give them a banana. Okay. Mm-hmm. They they pay with some money, but you know, it's not all of their money. Uh, because they're still spending money on other things as like, you know, things like oranges and apples. Um, but I take some money from that. Now I've motivated myself to organize a way in which I can get bananas to that person. And I've taken a, a reward from that, but it also gives me purpose. Mm. As a banana seller, I have purpose. If I wasn't a banana seller, and if, say, for example, a, a government said, look, everybody's going to get free bananas. Is, isn't it brilliant? I'd be sat in my home with a free banana thinking, what what purpose has my life got? Mm. So these it's not about, it's not necessarily about profiteering. It's about improvement and it's about learning and it's about, um, you know, getting, um, uh, getting, getting something out of life. The problem yeah. is there are so many people that just don't, don't have anything to necessarily look forward to. And, uh, nothing really to, you know, to pass on. Um, sorry, I'm going off on one now. <laughs> so it's CJ and Ted, philosophers on, on the Tuesday show. No, like, like I say, I, I look at things like, you know, I, I know Star Trek isn't real, <laughs> but I feel like it's a nice, it's almost like a good target to work towards mm. as as you know as people surely we surely we want to get rid of war surely we want to get rid of poverty and disease and um and isn't that really what we should be working towards rather than just now i'm not saying that everyone is the same but there there is a lot of people who are there just to try and make money so they can have you know every, everyone is selfish in, in their own way and I'll hold my hands up and say, you know, that's that's me as well. I'm I'd like to be able to say, sure, I I'm here to make as much money as I can so I can live a comfortable life. I'm not saying I need to make as much money as I can so I can then share that wealth and make many people's lives comfortable. It's all about me and how I'm living, mm. and and that's how it works. Whereas in in you know in the the universe of of like Star Trek and such like, it's not about individual. It is about everybody. You know, the, the the mindset change from I need to do everything I can to make my life okay changes to I need to do everything I can so everyone can benefit from it, so everybody can be happy and comfortable and etc. Um, and I like the idea of that. 
See, um, this, the, I mean, but it's never going to work. But the, the, this is the sort of no, it's never going to work um, because well, let's say in Star Trek they have like space battles, don't they? Yeah. Against who? Against people who don't share their dream. And, and <laughs> uh, I mean, like I say, it's clearly all fiction, but you know, you've, you've got uh, or science fiction, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's a, a species who are clearly based on the Roman Empire. Their their entire purpose is conquest, and you know, basically proving to to everyone else that they are better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole other race who are clearly like um, I don't really know how you describe them, but it, they're basically a warrior race. All they want to do is fight mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and kick everyone's ass mm-hmm. again, just to prove that they are better than everybody else. And then here come, in comes Starfleet, who are just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to kind of get rid of that, this kind of mindset. We need to all work to 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 better everybody else. You know, but it's that, all but about teamwork and all living together and working together and everyone being happy and blah, 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 blah. And then they all turn around and go, and now you're just trying to impose that on us when we're just trying to impro- impose our beliefs on you. Yeah. And you, you end up in this whole moral, you know, endless space battle of who's right it's it, it this is all about scale so it's all about scale and it's all about having tribes like say for example if you're you know at home with your family your tribe is a very small tribe of uh, you know a few people who you would share your uh, a kidney with let alone mm. share a sandwich or a banana or whatever it may be and you know all all's, all's um, everything's basically on the table Mm-hmm. Then you have a slightly bigger tribe, which is perhaps the people in your in your club or in your village or in your uh, in your place of work, and then you have the people in the next village or in the Cleethorpes branch. That they're they're in a different branch. So mm-hmm. we you know we look after ourselves. Then there's the Cleethorpes branch. They look after themselves. But actually, they're both part of Blogs Company Limited. Blogs mm. Company Limited are a tribe in itself. Yeah. And they look after themselves. So when it comes to these sort of utopian ideas of everybody shares, everybody gets along, and it's all for the common good, that works when it's... The greater good. The greater good. I mean, it sounds <laughs> sinister, but it works on a much smaller scale. As soon as mm. you increase the scale, it doesn't work because people are different. People have different ways of working. People have different motivations. So when you get to the, the you know, anything the size of a country, I mean, say, for example, your banana thing. I'm just going to take it back to if bananas all cost the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a rolling theme. It, it's a rolling theme. So let's say, for example, you wanted all bananas to cost the same across the world. Just try and get... Just try and fix the cost of bananas across Northamptonshire and see how mm. you get on. Good luck with that because that's going to be a hell of a task. The thing is, you just have you just have to look at fuel as a as an example. No two places sell fuel for the same price mm. across you know across the board across the country. You know, there's variations from town to town, business to business. It never costs the same. Personally, I don't understand how or why. Actually, no, I do. Now I've actually started thinking about it. I do. You know, the, the fuel companies that are selling to other businesses have obviously put in their, you know, differently. They've negotiated different 
prices and therefore different markups get applied and that's how it all kind of spirals out mm. but like you know you go to London and your your fuel prices are through the roof, but you head up to Newcastle, they're through the floor. Mm. You know, it's there, there's a mass variation within a, a couple of hundred miles, and I I don't understand why that's the case. But again, supply and demand. Mm. You know, there, there's there's plenty of supply and also plenty of demand in the the heavy heavier populated areas. Therefore. The demand will always be there. I guess maybe fuel is the wrong example because everybody needs, or everyone who drives a vehicle needs fuel unless you're driving an electric car. Mm. So irrespective of how much that fuel costs, people are still going to need it. So people are still going to pay it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the... I mean, I've been driving, what, 16, 17 years? When I first started driving, um, a litre of petrol cost... I think it was about 86, 87 pence. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now at over pound fifty per litre in 16 years. It's not been a, a dramatic increase, but it's been slow enough that 15 years down the line, we're heading towards double the cost that it was 15, 16 years ago. Mm. But the demand is always going to be there. People complain about it all the time. Oh, fuel prices are, are terrible. They're, they're shocking. Why are you still buying fuel then? Stop driving if it's that much of a problem. You know, oh, well, I can't because I need it for work. Meh. Do you? You could always find a job closer to home and you could walk or cycle, get the bus, you know, that kind of thing. But in reality, that that level of thinking doesn't work in reality because people want the freedom of having a car and being able to have the freedom of choice to work wherever they want to work, irrespective of, of you know, uh, commuting distance. Mm. Um, therefore, fuel prices will always be there, and if you or will always, you know, fuel will always be there, will always be needed. So, and then you suddenly inject that into a heavily populated area, you know, of millions of people in a small space. Those prices can be pushed up incredibly high because the competition isn't as fierce as it is in a sparsely populated area. So they can afford to just keep jacking their prices up because they know people are going to buy it. Mm. They know it's going to happen. Whereas you go to a sparsely populated area, you could have you know two competing fuel stations um, with only a you know a few hundred thousand people going to both of them. It's easy enough at that point for them to go. Well, hang on a minute. These guys are more expensive than those guys, so I'm going to go to the less expensive one. So then the more expensive one has to pull their prices down. So I understand the competition from that perspective. But again, it, it's that. It upsets me that <laughs> that is the case. But it's not It's not just that. It's also, it depends on the business model as well. So um, when I started driving, you would not go to the supermarket for fuel. So in a very, very short space of time, um, supermarkets have become, you know, become uh, selling fuel. The last thing I knew that they had something like a, a 25%, a quarter of the, the fuel market, I imagine it's probably much more than that because the last time I knew about that, that was probably five years ago or something like that. Mm. Um, but if you've got uh, petrol stations um, selling fuel, uh, they can effectively do that as a lost leader because they're going to be selling your you your 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 groceries. If you go yeah. for a week's shop, they're going to make a lot more than that on on that than they will on the fuel. If you go to a, a convenience store. Uh, I mean, look at these petrol stations. Many petrol stations now are so big, and you know you're you're there to do your shopping as well at the same time. That's where they make the money. So that does net that does keep the the cost down. If you've got yeah. a fuel station that is just a fuel station, 
they've got to have a bit more of a markup on the fuel. Yeah, like you say, it's their only product. Yeah. That, that's their only source of profit. Yeah. I mean, no, not, not, not a lot. I mean, most of it goes on most of it goes to, on tax and duties. We, we do, well, I, I, again, this was a long time ago when I, I read an article about fuel prices. I think actually it was at the point that fuel went over, on average across the UK, over a pound per litre. And there was a, an article and, I, and, and a statistic in there that 40% of the cost of fuel is tax. Mm. And only about 5% of the cost of fuel is profit for the reseller. Mm. The rest of it goes to the initial, like the the supplier, on which they are also heavily taxed. But yeah, o- overall, like forty percent of the cost of, of fuel is taxed yeah. uh, in some in some form, mm. um, whether that's VAT or corporation tax or whatever. Um, so I've just found a, a web website here: average motor fuel volume sold per petrol station in the UK in two thousand one. Would you like to have a guess who it sits at the top of the list as the most fuel sold in 2021 in kiloliters per annum? So that's thousands, per th- yeah, thousands of liters. I I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a supermarket. Sainsbury's. Really? Eleven million seven hundred and seventy-three thousand liters of fuel sold in twenty thousand in twenty thousand and one. Mm. Two thousand twenty-one. <laughs> Tesco's uh, is second at 11,347,000 litres, uh, followed by Morrison's, 10,400,000 litres, Asda, 8,600,000 litres, and then Shell mm. for 4.5 million. Apple Green. When was the last time you saw an Apple Green fuel station? They're a bit few and far between, aren't they? Yeah. They're sat at one, two, three, four, five, at number six on the list. They're above BP. Well. Which surprises me. But yeah, Apple Green, 4.4 million. BP, 4.3 million. Co-op? I didn't even know Co-op did fuel. Uh, 4 million. SO, Texaco, Jet. Then all the small ones that we yeah. all know about but rarely see anymore. Yeah, SO, Texaco, Jet. Harvest Energy, I've seen a couple of those. Circle K, I didn't know Circle K existed mm. in the UK. Uh, Maxol, SO, Go... Blah, 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 blah. Merco. I, I drove past a Merco garage last night, actually. Mm. There's one not far from where I live. Um, again, I thought they died a death. Well, they were just gone. But no, they're still going. So, yeah, there you go. But, yeah, the, the top four out of all of those are, unsurprisingly, the big four supermarkets. Mm. And it wasn't that long so, ago that they had no share of the market. No, exactly. But it also, seeing those statistics, I now understand why, in general, Sainsbury's tend to be the cheapest for fuel, mm. you know, on average. Um, and Tesco's are generally cheaper as well. Yeah, I don't think I've ever filled up at a Morrison's or an Asda, ever. I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, Sainsbury's and Tesco's have done. I mean, that's that's just an incredible statistic. And, it, and you look at the graph on it, the difference between positions four and five, so Asda and Shell, is nearly double. Mm. Asda has, has nearly sold double the amount that Shell has. That's a massive jump. But it's that, like you say, supermarkets, they, they, they get into everything. Yeah. You know, as you are at the supermarket. So you can just nip in, fill up, pay, go, and that's it. You've done everything you, you've bought, everything you needed to buy for that week or a couple of weeks or whatever in one stop. Uh, but you'll also go to the pharmacy there. You'll also go to mm-hmm. the opticians there. You'll also yep. buy a new phone. You'll also... Yep. Um, you know, do whatever else you can, you can you do. Could, you can buy a holiday while you're there as well. You could do, indeed. Just 
come to us and you can do everything under one roof and you're going to essentially spend more money with us. Mm. And again, it's it's about that profiteering. It's how much money can we make? How much can we offer the consumer to maximise profitability? Well, it's not even maximising profitability. It's maximising profit sh- uh, uh, market share. So if you if you've got a large yeah. market share, you may be um, you may be getting you know a fair bit less in terms of profit on individual items. Obviously, you're gonna mm. you're gonna make more profit if you've got economies of scale. Yeah. But if you've got the market share, then you you know if you control the market share, then you're in the best possible place, aren't you? Uh, and that's the deal with the petrol, isn't it? It's yeah. if they if they're selling the majority of the fuel, they've got the market share, they've got the yeah. control. And they can afford to drop their prices a little bit to be competitive. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Damn businessman. That was the Tuesday show. Get in touch with us. All the links are in the description. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.